Welcome to Live Happily Ever Awesome. Join me and PACT certified therapist Julie Rappaport where we discuss relationships, learn how to bring the magic back to yours, and become a better partner. To join the discussion live, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Clydesdale Media. Sign up for notifications so you can call in with your questions or just join the chat. Be sure to like and share these episodes with your partner and friends. The following presentation is not therapy or a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please call 911. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Here we are. Hi, Jules. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. We are back. Uh, We are on episode 14 of this uh, Live Happily Ever Awesome, our series with Julie Rappaport, PACT certified couples counselor. And this week we are talking about money. Money, 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 money. I feel like this is a big one that causes a lot of problems um, with couples. It can be. Yeah. Um, Here's a question for you. Um, Joint accounts or not joint accounts? (laughs) Well, there's no like cookie cutter, you know, Um, I mean, joint accounts just really does show, um, hey, what's mine is yours. And um, so it tends to lend itself to um, more what we call a secure functioning type of relationship regarding money. Separate bank accounts can, you know, that can work too. Um, it's just, they have to be clear of what's coming out of where and um, how they're going to run things. So it's more of just as long as, you, I mean, I would assume as long as you both agree either way, it's probably fine. Um, yeah. I would, I would say that's generally true. It's just hard to, um, you know, let's, if you own a house together, are you paying 50, 50 mortgage? Are you paying 50, 50 groceries? Are you paying 50, 50, you know, I mean, like how, how do you do that in a really streamlined way when maybe one person is the one doing the groceries shopping and, you know, the other person, I don't know, or there's, it's just, it's more complicated, I would say that way. Um, I would would think so too, if, um, if incomes are different, right. If, if there's a big variability in incomes and, you know, one partner is making a fraction of what the other partner is making, but they're married and committed and, or, you know, not even married, but in a committed relationship, you know, who pays for what, that seems a little, Maybe a little weird. I remember when I was a kid, I used to babysit for kids down the street and uh, the parents would, they had separate accounts and it was very awkward when it came time to pay me because they would have like these little arguments about who who was paying me <laughs> this time around or something, you know, and like, oh, I thought this was from your account and that's going to be in my account and I'm going to pay today and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah, it does get, and and, and that oftentimes is the, you know, getting back to one earns more than the other. Sometimes, you know, that each one has certain expectations on the other um, of how things are going to go. 
uh, you know, maybe one person is uh, like, I, I make a third of what you make. So I should only have to pay a third of things. And mm -hmm. maybe the other person is thinking, well, I make, you know, two thirds more than you do. And so therefore I get to um, buy two thirds more than you do, or, you know, like whatever there's, there's just these inherent things that get played out around money. So, you know, money, <clears throat> you know, money is the topic of today, but money, uh, if people come in and talk about money, it's, um, it's, it's never really about money to be fair. It's, it's something else getting played out around money something else getting played out around sex, something else getting played out around kids, something else getting played out around, you know, these, there's like five or six things that um, are kind of the main things that people come in with. And it's never, you know, of course there's, there is the issue at hand, but it's usually a symptom of something of some greater cause. Something else. Yeah. Um, my, my vote for non- joint accounts would be in the instance where you want to surprise your partner with something. Um, and it's really hard to do that when everything's combined, right? And, you know, you both have the same Apple ID and you both have the same Amazon login. And anytime you try to order something, it's like they're going to see it anyway, kind of a thing. It's almost like you have to have cash on hand or, or a separate account just for things like that, that, you know, and then they ultimately would perhaps raise suspicion of like, well, what else are you spending on that, you know, or, or doing or having, or I have a credit card and we both have access, but my partner has a credit card and I don't have access to that. And like, he makes more yeah. money than me, but like, what's he spending his money on? And do I have a right, right. To transparency into that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic of conversation. I mean, you, you know, you kind of think joint accounts and then I want to surprise my, my spouse or my mate. Um, but if we're having a joint account, like I'm there, the, the spouse or mate is helping pay for the surprise, right? you know, like that. And, and then if you, there's a separate account, like that's more of the surprise, but ultimately, of course, it comes down to and in the relationship of if they have the separate account, are you, do you trust that they're not being shady about things. And, right. um, you know, that would just, of course, point to other things that need to be shored up in the relationship where if, if you're like, mm, uh, what else are you doing with that money? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I almost think too, with the, with the sharing of the money too, it's kind of like a generosity thing. I don't know. Um, you know, in, in my prior relationships, I've been the person that made more money. I've been the person that made less money. And, you know, when you're in a committed relationship, to me, it's kind of like this is our money. You know, we're building a life together. And if you contribute more and I contribute less or whatever, like, who cares? Like, it's a, I, I can see maybe like investment accounts and things in the future, maybe being, you know, in somebody's name or someone else's name and having um, a percentage of their income, you know, be attributed to it because it's bigger or smaller. But I think I just feel like day-to-day -day stuff, it's like, 
we're going to make decisions together to spend the money or not spend the money. And it's whether we have it or not. It's not whether I have it or you have it. I don't know. That's just. Well, you know, you have to think about the different attachment styles and, um, you know, that if somebody is raised to, they have to take care of themselves and they have to watch out for number one and nobody else is going to, and, you know, what it would mean then to them to give, like, if they're, if they're, they've got some money and they don't, they're, what, what would it mean to them to share it? Like that means less for them, which Mm -hmm. then means I can't take care of myself, which then means I'm fucked, you know, um, some anxiety maybe. And, and just also like I work and then there's a, like self-righteousness. I worked hard for this money and, um, you know, why should I share it with you? Um, you know, islands tend to think a little bit more like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they just tend to be a little bit more looking out for themselves because they had to be. And um, so a little bit, um, they, they tend to be a little bit more possessive of their things. Um, you know, it's kind of like, um, this is mine. They have mm-hmm. a harder time sharing. Um, whereas waves tend to have an easier time like, Oh yeah, you know, you can do that. No problem. What's the big deal. Yeah. So Yash brings a point here. You can also contribute non-financially to a relationship if one earns more than the other. I see that, but that also feels like I have to do more in other ways, because I don't make as much money. Right. And that doesn't feel good to me. No, that's, I mean, just because you don't make, you know, it's like, let's say the two of you are, you're, you're doing your life's passion, you know, and it's like, you are super happy. And one of you is, um, wanted to always just be a barista. And loves it, loves interacting with the people, loves making fancy drinks, loves, you know, whatever that is. They and they love coffee and they, you know, that they just come alive there. And then the other person loves um, to manage people, to run a company, they're entrepreneurial, um, you know, and they are making seven figures, right? And the barista, of course, is never going to make seven figures. like if you have a secure functioning relationship that it just shouldn't even matter. Right. It's like you're both doing what you love to do. Uh, You are functioning well as a couple in terms of where, you know, your financial place in the world and um, nobody owes anyone anything. It's there's no owing um, in a secure functioning relationship. And, you know, and, and, how do the two of you want to divvy things up is really up to the couple. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe it's, you know, the more traditional um, household where it used to be where, you know, the men would go out and work and the women would cook and clean and take care of the kids. And that, that was kind of their exchange and it, and it worked for them, but we're in a totally different um, paradigm at this point. 
where, you know, couples need to be a little bit more um, sophisticated in terms of what the rules are, what, what the, how are they going to divvy things up? How are they going to, you know, uh, how are they going to run this household based on money and based on everything else? There's no, nobody owes anyone anything if you don't make the same amount. Yeah. And I think to clarify what Yash was saying more about, like if someone's working long hours, you know, and then the other person's maybe stay at home or whatever, that maybe they pick up the slack at home and do those kinds of things. That that makes sense to me. Sure. Um, but sort of trying to make up for lack of income in other ways doesn't seem healthy to me. No, um, I mean, making it up for it while somebody's at work. I mean, that's running a household, right? You've got right. to do that. That's just an unpaid job, unfortunately. Yeah, that we that hopefully both people are doing, you know. Yeah, absolutely. How about um does there's do you come across a lot of resentment sometimes in, with couples when there's maybe a disparity in income or or um let's talk about maybe a disparity in spending. Right? Cuz I would imagine like we're talking about earning right now but and let's just jump to spending. I imagine spending is a really hot topic. Yeah, I mean it's um there, yes, in terms of resentment, it, and, but it gets played out through the money, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, that's kind of what I was talking about is some is sometimes when one individual makes more money, then sometimes they feel justified in spending more money. Um, or there could be resentment, you know, like, and, and that could cause resentment for the person who doesn't earn as much money of like, well, then they feel like they have to ask permission, right. to, like spend money, or they feel like oh, I shouldn't spend money because I don't make as much money um, or vice versa, where somebody, the person who doesn't make as much money is going out and spending a lot of money. And the person who makes more money is like, dude, I like, I make this money and you just go spend it. Um, so, you know, again, if you look at, if you kind of zoom out bird's eye view of it, you've got to look at what is this couple playing out around money, right? Like this is like, what agreements do they have of how they're going to run this money show and, um, and what power differential are they playing out and, um, and are they co-CEOs of this relationship or is one person the CEO and the other person is their employee? You know, um, it's, it's, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, if you just look at the money, you know, like what I don't want to be as a therapist is somebody who's helping them um, deal with logistics, right? Like that can be done anywhere, but what can't be done anywhere is how they're running their relationship in terms of um, money could just be one, you know, it shows up as one example and, and what can be, um, what can be redone such that it functions more smoothly, more as a team, um, more of I've got your back, you've got mine, <clears throat> um, equal power, and something that feels fair for both of them. So what would be your recommendation for somebody who 
is feeling resentment towards another spouse, maybe for spending more than maybe they earn or that frustration. And it's stereotypically, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a stereotype out there. Like the guy is angry at the wife because the Amazon boxes are piling up at the door, you know, and he's like, what the hell are you buying? Like, what do we need? What's going on? Um, What kind of things do you dig in with that? Well, um, I mean, I think there's got, you got to look at, are they communicating, you know, is, is, you know, in that example, is the wife talk or the woman talking with the man about, Hey, um, we're, we're needing X, Y, Z, you know, whatever, or, you know, have they had this arrangement where she's in charge of the house and the household things. And so these household things are coming. So she wouldn't have to negotiate with him or talk with him about it. And he's just getting overwhelmed with the amount of things that are coming. Like there's so many, there's so many scenarios that could be in place. Um, But I think what you're speaking to is kind of more what might be more on the lines of more frivolous spending. Yeah. Um, in which case, you know, is what's going on for her that she, um, that she feels like she can just go ahead. Right. She can just do that. And, um, there wouldn't be any, any talking about it or, you know, there's some sort of, um, like I have some entitlement, there's some entitlement there. And so you've got to look at what, what happened in her past around money her upbringing around money? What was she, did, did she always get what she wanted? Um, you know, was she spoiled, uh, or was she completely deprived in which case now she's making up for it? Like what is getting played out there? And Mm -hmm. then for him, you know, is he more miserly? Is he more, um, what does money mean to him? Uh, you know, how was he raised around money? Um, and have them really talk about like, Hey, how do they want to, how do they want to run this? How do they want to do it so that it works for both of them? Because it's how it's going is not working at least for him. Um, and so they can't keep doing it this way. Otherwise they're going to continue to run into problems. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What about large purchases? How do you, how do we feel about, um, you know, a spouse going out and buying a car, for instance, and just bringing it home being like, hi, bought a new car. (laughs) Um, I mean, you know, if it, if it works for the couple, right. If that's how Mm -hmm. they run things, then okay. But if, you know, if, if there's upset about it, then it doesn't work well. So then they have to negotiate okay, listen, you know, anything over X amount, we discuss with one another. And if it's under, you know, if it's $200 or more, we, we talk with one another before doing that. And if it's under 200, we have the right to just go ahead and, you know, mm-hmm. buy the item. Um, but that, that happens quite often in therapy where, where I come across somebody who just kind of thinks they can, buy big items. Right. Not matter. Yeah. You know, and it's usually the, that, that person is, um, 
more of the kind of Peter Pan type. I don't want to grow up. Mm -hmm. um, I want to get what I want to get when I want to get it. And the other one is having to be the responsible one and feeling resentful that they're, oh, that they don't really have the luxury to like buy X, Y, or Z because their partner continues to do that. And so, you know, then it's working with the one who is going and spending all the time is saying, I'm going to go out and spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars without asking you. And, um, and you can do the same, mm. right? It's like kind of, I would prompt them to say that to their partner and they would not want to say that to their partner because they don't want that for their partner because, you know, and, and ultimately that's going to drain their bank account. So um, then they realize the ridiculousness of what they're doing without consulting. Yeah. So Elise gives us a story about a couple, the mom went out and paid cash for two new cars for their teen twins, $30,000-ish, without even mentioning it to the husband. Oh, wow. I'd be curious to know if the if the woman was the breadwinner or was working or not. That's crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine having twins and having to get two cars? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're sharing. Right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Here's an e-bike for both of you. Um, no, but I, I mean, that just, for me, I'm like, um, there's, there, you know, you have to look. Money and power are so tightly related mm -hmm. that, you know, that's that seems to me like that's a power move. Right. Like I'm going to go do this and um, I don't want you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to say no um, or I'm afraid that you're going to say no. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And then, you know, even if you get mad at me, at least I got what I wanted. Ask for forgiveness and not permission. Right. Right. And and, you know, great. You get what you wanted. But ultimately you got, uh, you know, it's like you created more problems. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I do know a couple, they are not what, you know, packed terms, secure functioning at all. Okay. Um, but it seems to work for them. I mean, they don't communicate uh, like he, he, they're both, uh, you know, breadwinners. Um, but they don't talk about purchases ever. Mm -hmm. He goes and does his thing and tells her he's, you know, went and did this and um, it, you know, it seems to work for them, but yeah. it's I know. not a relationship I would want. Yeah. I know um, in the past when I was working full-time in corporate and um, my husband, we were making about the same amount of money. We, we operated that way, sort of. We just kind of, you know, spent what we needed to, bought when we needed to, everything was joint, you know, and everything else. But um, there was one time when he went and bought a car and it wasn't, it wasn't that he couldn't buy the car. It was more about the terms under which he bought the car that I would have maybe done differently or appreciated an insight on or, or had counseled him differently. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's, it signifies just more, um, you know, if you have more like two islands in a relationship, um, you know, separate accounts, makes a lot of sense for them. Okay. Um, they just, they like it that way. They function better. Yeah. If you have two secure functioning individuals that they would never even consider that they'd be like, of That's course, right. we join. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, you know, but there's, there's, you know, again, like there's just things that power gets played out around money. Um, the, you know, not wanting to grow up or wanting to be taken care of, or, you know, all of that gets played out around money. Um, different expectations, how we were raised as kids around money and it all just gets played out. It's, um, it's just such a, um, I don't know what the word is, but it's, you know, it's good fodder for everything to get played out on. Yeah. For everything else. Yeah. So you were mentioning too, that it's not usually the, that the money piece of it isn't really the problem. It ends up being all those other things. It's just a symptom of. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you know, you, you don't ever want to just not address the actual, what the couple is bringing in. You don't want to be mm -hmm. like, well, this isn't about money. You know, right. um, you have to address that thing, but you, but you have to skillfully talk about the thing that's underneath it um, probably first in order to then, you know, you resolve that thing first of like, say it's a power dynamic of how they want to run this thing and talk about power. And then you could bring back in, okay, now that you've got, you're going to have equal power. How do you then want to tackle the thing you brought in with money? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So Elise says that she thinks it's a red flag when married couples have separate accounts. I, I, I tend to agree with you there. I think it depends on um, maybe someone's prior situation. You know, if they've gotten burned in the past and you know that a lot of people are on their second marriages now and, and you know, not just their first marriages. And I think um, some people think that red flag, wait, what does Josh say? Red flag. If she initiates a divorce and I do nothing, she gets half at least. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's super cut and dry if you have joint accounts, but obviously yeah. people have access to your money. They can take it if they want. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think it's a, it's a, it's more complicated, I believe, you know, and this comes from more personally versus professionally. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we live in a more patriarchal society with a history where men make more money than women, where a history that men have more power than women, where a history of, you know, women uh, have had to fight a little bit harder for things. And so, you know, because of that kind of oppression of women that's happened, there is this part of me and being a woman, I have to, you know, just speak that I am, am biased, but, you know, women having uh, a little bit more freedom, um, you know, having a separate account for them, at least where the society is right now, I think, I, I don't think it's a red flag per se. I think, you know, it can be a red flag, mm -hmm. but if, if uh, a woman or, or, or the couple have separate accounts, it's not necessarily that I just, I'm, I'm kind of thinking I'm talking two things at once. One is, um, you know, I, I know that there are women that get divorced that are like, I need to have this separate account so that I know I can get myself back on my feet or have left, you know, bad relationships that, you know, they need this safety net. So, um, not relying on the man kind of thing of this old right. paradigm. So I think that we're not quite out of that paradigm enough to say you shouldn't have a joint account 
especially to a woman, or uh, they shouldn't have a, a separate, separate account. Separate account, especially to a woman. However, um, again, it, it really depends on how the couple is running it. It's not a red flag if it works really well for them and there's no issues. Like, who are yeah. we to say that it's a red flag? Like, and there's and there's something to be said for you know separate accounts where you still you can still have transparency into. Yeah. You know, you can have the username and password and see what's happening in it. Um, it's just, it's not your money to use and you respect that, you know. But well, it's, you could each have separate accounts and a joint account where, right. you know, yep. that that works really well too. It's like, oh, each one of us wants our own money to be able to Play do around. X, Y, or Z. And then, but if it comes out of the joint account, we talk about it and we, you know, like that, that can work really well. Yeah. Okay. I like it. What else? What else? Can we can we talk about last week? Oh, and, yeah. and how awesome that was, <laughs> Jackson, Jackson Jan. <laughs> I had one person I know um, reach out to me said they enjoyed the session or the the last week's episode, mm -hmm. um, but they thought they were way too functional for them. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty self-aware. Yeah, they were pretty. You know? Yeah, pretty self-aware. But it was still interesting. I still, I mean, I still saw some things that you know you could dig into, perhaps. But oh, yeah, that was sure. that was really cool. Now, are we? Do we think we're going to get them back on the show, or are we looking for other couples to to come on? What What are you thinking? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would love to get some other couples if they're mm -hmm. interested, um, and just. You know, again, just um, help the couple to think of things differently, but also um, be able to help other people that are in relationships or are going to get into relationships that, hey, this is normal. We don't, you know, kind of going back to our first episode of like rom-coms of like, hey, everybody has stuff in their relationship and to think that you don't is fantasy or that you won't is fantasy and um, and that normalizing that and kind of letting people learn from one another. It's, it's a really, you know, that's why group therapy is so helpful and expedites healing so much is because we, we all realize we're not alone and we can learn from one another. And um, so I just really encourage people if they're have any inkling um, that it'd be really it'd be really helpful for everybody. Yeah. Do you do a lot of um, like premarital, premarital counseling? I think we talked about this before. Um, not a lot, not okay. a lot. Um, Probably not enough for not what enough. people need. Yeah. Right? Is that what you mean by that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, most of my work is intervention rather than prevention. Mm -hmm. um, it would be great if there was more prevention, but I think that, you know, I think it's shifting in terms of couples work that couples work used to be really sought after if you had something wrong in your relationship. And I, it's slightly starting to shift where people could come just to make sure they've got things, a, a solid foundation and make something good that integrate. Um, yeah. But it's not quite there. And so people still come when when the shit's hitting the fan. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So we've got some ideas for future episodes in addition to um, 
hopefully having another couple, either Jan and Jack's back on or some other new couple. Um, we talked, we threw around some ideas. I'm just going to read off the ones that you and I texted back and forth. We talked about addiction. Yeah. Where we considered talking about addiction. Um, sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's got to be huge. Multicultural issues. Yeah. Blended families. And polygamy, right? Or polyamory. Polyamory. Polygamy. Polyamory. Open relationships, polyamory. Okay. Sensual non-monogamy. Ethical non-monogamy, they're all. Wait, say that again? Sexual sexual and then ethical? Or sensual? Consensual. Oh, consensual. (laughs) (sighs) Um, So let's just put it, where, where are you in the country? I'm in Delaware. Delaware. Yeah, I don't live near Utah. <laughs> um, and so in Delaware, what's the political climate like? Oh, we are um, a, a very, very, very blue state. Very democratic. Okay. Um, and are, you know, same-sex marriages, like, abound? And Yes. What about open relationships? Um, I'm noticing that they are more prolific than I ever thought. Um, but I don't, I don't know if that's a Delaware thing. Like, okay. you no, know, I don't know if it's like a regional local thing necessarily. Well, I, I say that just because, you know, I'm in Boulder, Colorado <laughs> and, you know, we are extremely liberal mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, it's, it's just such, um, and, you know, just to say that, you know, with PACT and, and teaching this stuff, it, we teach it um, globally and, you know, just talking a, a, like if monogamy is not the norm anymore, um, I don't know if it's not, it's abnormal, but it's mm-hmm. certainly, um, you you cannot assume that anymore. People are really advocating a lot for open relationships, consensual non-monogamy, and like, how do we talk about this stuff? How do we normalize this? It's not, you know, it's not, yeah, it, and it's it's not it's not like it's abnormal. Mm-hmm. It, um, it's actually been around for quite a long, long time, and um, monogamy is the is a new newer idea right it's more of the more of the modern yes modern philosophy yeah so anyway that's um I, i'm certainly not an expert in that in that topic it's not like a specialty of mine but it's certainly mm-hmm. something that we as couples therapists have to be adept at at handling yeah cool okay well we'll put some surveys out um if people want to comment on the youtube uh, production of this on subjects that they want to hear. Um, and I do think we have a couple folks in our um, DMs that we can reach out to, too, in terms of getting couples back on. Awesome. So um, we'll work on that as well. But um, as always, it's it's fun to talk about and my eyes get opened every time. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. So, take us home here. I'll see you guys later. Mm-hmm.